Virtual Africa Tech Festival is a vibrant celebration of Africa's diverse community of tech champions. In its 24th year, this is the largest tech and digital connectivity conference and exhibition in Africa, attracting some 450 exhibitors, 15,000 attendees just last year in 2019. Key themes for the 2020 conference, of course, include inevitably the fourth industrial revolution for Africa, connecting the next billion, digital infrastructure investment, tech for good, ICT policy and regulation, the future of work and talent and skills development. I will read some more, but first up, let's have a conversation in terms of what this might mean for the director of the Africa portfolio at AFRICOM, Mr. Tom Cathal. Tom, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Hello, good evening. How does this propose to be a developmental agenda for the African continent in particular once we start talking about the next frontier for the continent in relation to its uptake on technology? Sure. Well, I think we see uh, tech as a business enabler. So on the one hand, you've got the quite quite visible impact it makes on lives and businesses um, in terms of uh, creating jobs, access to healthcare, um, improving services, whether that's through politics or transport. And on the other hand, you've got the fact that it just boosts economies, it creates employment for people. And I think in a, in a COVID age, as we, we struggle on through and people are trying to look for new ways of working and new ways of doing business, tech's an essential ingredient to that. So for us, that's what's really exciting. I think we view the purpose of Africa Tech Festival is designing and building a better digital world, a more inclusive digital world. So for us, that digital infrastructure and, and embracing emerging technologies um, can help do just that, boost economies, create jobs, and propel Africa to the forefront of the fourth industrial revolution. As AFRICOM, based in the United Kingdom, you're the director for the Africa portfolio. As somebody who's looking from outside in and obviously scouting for opportunities in relation to tech, what can you tell us, not necessarily the business strategy of AFRICOM, but certainly the low-hanging fruits that is it is looking forward to pick or some key investments that it wishes to make because it has a 20, 30-year plan in mind? I think that the big one is digital infrastructure, so providing the connectivity that underpins the rest of digital transformation. So that could be the Wi-Fi, the broadband, the 4G, or even more recently, the 5G. Um, I think that's the big opportunity. It, it's We call it connecting the next billion people, and it's the fact that you have a huge proportion of the population, potential consumers as well in the eyes of business. Um, and if you can get those people online, and enable them to participate in Africa's thriving digital economy, I think that's where you really do create some immediate impact and immediate opportunities. So for us, I think that that would be the priority. COVID has thrown up some new interesting opportunities. I mean, healthcare is an obvious one um, in terms of remote access to healthcare, not needing to be face-to-face necessarily. And that might be telemedicine, that might be through apps, that might be even novel solutions like you know drone deliveries. Of, of medical supplies. Um, so there, there are some new areas in COVID, I guess, has created. But I still think that the very core basis of this is connect, connectivity, it's digital infrastructure, it's getting more people online. 
Africa Tech Festival charity partner Codespace Trust will give free coding courses to students with the opportunity for graduates to enter their projects into a prestigious award aimed at identifying tomorrow's tech leaders. The courses that Codespace are offering will teach fundamental coding concepts and guide learners on how to create their own app or game. Finally, learners who complete the courses will be eligible to receive a certificate. More than that, they will also be able to enter their projects into AFRICOM Tech Leaders Awards, which will be hosted as part of the Africa Tech Festival, where students, of course, then will have an opportunity to showcase their talents, not just on a local scale, but on a global stage and audience. One of those graduates then is Ms. Azra Valley, who's a UCT student, as well as a Codespace Academy graduate. Tell us then about your experience, Azra. Good evening. Thank you for joining us and welcome to SAFM. Hi, good evening. Thank you for having me. So, um, I started um, coding with Code for Cape Town. It's a program that was specifically for girls. So, um, it's, it was a program that is part of Codespace. Well, that was part of Codespace. And now Codespace offers many different programs that allow or opportunities that allow learners to start learning to code. Um, there's currently a, free, a few free intro to coding courses online um, that learners can register on the Codespace website. What more could you tell us in relation for somebody who might be interested to one day also be a Codespace Academy graduate? There must be more to the program that you participated in that perhaps could persuade somebody who's listening to the show. Um, there were so many different things that, um, that I took away from the program. It didn't only teach me how to code, which I think is quite, in, which is increasingly important. Um, for me, I think coding is the fourth, the fourth literary, read, write, count, code, but Codespace, well, Code for Cape Town also installed in me many different life skills, um, interpersonal, interpersonal, as well as technical life skills. And um, they offered me many different opportunities. Um, I've spoken at AfricaCom. I've spoken at, um, um, I um, attended the last year's um, Women in Tech Awards with um, the founder, co-founder of Codespace, Emma Dix last year. Um, also, they, Codespace doesn't only teach how to code, it also teaches you or gives you skills that will benefit you in the workplace. When we talk about coding, perhaps you need to just demystify this concept altogether, or just break it down to the science of it all. What is coding? What does one do? And how is coding essential in the realm of technology? Um, so coding in like really simple words is a, a, it's like um, a language that will tell a computer what to do. It's basically telling a computer what to do. Um, why should people learn it? There's many different reasons why people should learn it. It's like, especially for, for people who want to go into careers such as software development or engineering, but it also allows you to, it also benefits in all different roles. You can be a doctor and could benefit from co from knowing how to code. You could be a scientist and you could benefit from how learning how, from knowing how to code. It basically allow, allows you to harness the power of computers. Well, let's hope that that has sorted through to you guys at home. We're going to take an ad break now just to confirm we are in conversation with AFRICOM's director for the Africa portfolio, Mr. Tom Cuthill. Also joined on the line, a UCT student who is a third-year mechatronics engineering student 
and as well as a Code Space Academy graduate, Ms. Ezra Valley. We're talking about the Virtual Africa Technology Festival, which just last year attracted some 450 exhibitors as well as 15,000 attendees. A lot of that, of course, has changed because now everything is going to be online. And the question is, how will the same successes and hits from 2019 possibly be replicated or multiplied even in the year of 2020, where the world of Digital has seen a boom like no other in previous times. After the break, then we continue with this conversation. The viewpoint weekdays eight to ten p.m. on SAFM. Songezomabete on SAFM. We're in conversation with Mr. Tom Cuthel, Director for Africa Portfolio at AFRICOM, together with a graduate of the Codespace Academy, a UCT student who is a mechatronics engineering student at that, Ms. Ezra Valley. Tom, let me return to you. Something which the president earlier on in this country had muted for the purposes of developing some of the things that you have identified as necessary for opening the African economy and space in general in relation to technology was infrastructure. Early on this year, the president spoke about the need to roll out, or in fact, to have a spectrum auction, which then would, of course, among other things, lower data costs in this country and facilitate for the movement from wherever we are, be it 2G, 3G, 4G, to ultimately 5G, where the world is. Tell us about the importance of the rollout of spectrum and how it translates typically to the reduction of data costs and why South Africa should be moving that way. Because if you recall, in the early 2000s, 2001, 2002, South Africa was one of the first countries to roll out 2G. Now we are somewhat behind when many countries have already taken on the 5G. Where are we in relation to that and the importance of a spectrum rollout? Yes, it's a, it's a very important point. I think we, we would look at what we would call um, Africa's connectivity champions. So these are the mobile network operators, the likes of MTN, the likes of Vodacom. Um, and what they seek to do is to connect more people. That's, that's their business model. That's their strategy. And the spectrum auction will enable them to do that more effectively. That's the, that's the core of the matter, really. A lot of what this comes down to is digital inclusion. It's getting more people online. It's making access to the Internet more accessible, more affordable. Um, and that's why this is such a critical issue in terms of getting the, the country moving, the economy moving, getting business moving. Um, and you're quite right. Um, you're seeing 5G rollouts um, internationally. And there, there are pilot projects happening um, throughout sub-Saharan Africa, in, in South Africa. So that progress is certainly being made. And, and that Africa Tech Festival is something that we've been speaking about for many years now. So, so there's, there's a lot of work happening in background. And the, 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 the groundwork is being laid and those rollout strategies are in place. So I think um, it, the, the outlook is good. It's positive. And I think when 5G comes, uh, it, a huge amount of change will come with it. Of course, you have to get both sides of the, the balance right. You've got at the cutting edge, you have 5G and all, and all of the speed and capability that comes with that. But then equally, you have um, rural places with very, very limited connectivity. So it's about getting as many people online as possible, as well as getting those quicker speeds. 
talking about the two worlds in one, so to speak, we've got those in the urban spaces who've got access to all the related infrastructure in relation to ICT at their beck and call. And you've got those who are just about completely off the grid in a rural South Africa. This is the kind of landscape that in many parts of Africa, as AFRICOM, you are engaging or will soon be engaging depending where your heads are. How then might you propose as a workable solution in relation to your investment being protected, but also the developmental agenda that invariably needs the partnership of the host nation's government or social partners in that regard? How can such disparities, if you like, be merged, albeit through the way of commerce? Yeah, it's a it's a very good point, and it's a challenge. It's a challenge that varies by country and and by region. I think the key, the kind of fundamental part of that challenge is creating a favourable environment in terms of policy and regulation. Um, so again, coming back to those connectivity champions that I mentioned, the mobile network operators, it's enabling them to do their jobs effectively and to to remove barriers to the natural process of business, which would involve connecting more people. Um, that's obviously a simplistic way of looking at it. There is more to it than that. I think public-private partnerships is, is a critical part of this. And it's collaboration as well. I think it, it, it can't just be down to the mobile, mobile network operators to, to connect more people. There's a huge capex uh, outlay there when it comes to digital infrastructure and getting these networks set up. So I think it's it's innovative partnerships, and you're seeing some of that across sub-Saharan Africa already with the likes of Google and Facebook um, rolling out their own connectivity initiatives, working in partnerships with the mobile network operators. Um, an example there is the Telecom Infra project. That, that's something that's really interesting tip. So you're seeing more of that, and I think it's collaboration. That's what's key, and I think for us, that's why Africa Tech Festival has played such an important role in connecting Africa up to this point in the 24 years that it's existed because it brings sure. all of the stakeholders to the table along with governments as well who can provide that, that enabling environment. And some of the critical stakeholders are young people, young people, particularly women in South Africa, given the social history that we unfortunately have to acknowledge if we are to move forward. Ezra, you say technology is the future. You go on to say, open quote, all it takes is one person, one computer, one keyboard to make a difference. Unpack that statement, bearing in mind that South Africa is the kind of country that it is in. Abject poverty abounds in many instances, and COVID has given us the model blueprint as exactly what is happening in the South African poverty landscape. How would technology then be useful to attend to some of the country's challenges? Have you, as you have seen them, as you have experienced them, as you see opportunity through technology? Um, so, um, as a as a person, as a student studying mechatronics engineering, I've seen the benefits of injury. I've seen the benefits of technology in all different aspects of life. Um, I think that that statement that I said, um, all it takes is one person, one one person, one laptop, and one one keyboard to keyboard. change the world. It's um, it's something that I've said for quite a while. It's something that I firmly believe in because it's. Coding can be coding can be so much than just typing out like things that seem um, like that seem strange to other people. It can create apps. It can be used to control machines. It's basically the backbone of a lot of things in our lives. And if you can code, you can do 
and you, you can basically do anything in life. You can go into any field, and especially for South Africa, for South Africa, for South Africa, in our in, in our state, I think that like more people knowing how to code will actually take South Africa from where we are to quite a brighter future, because just that that skill it's it's a, it's such a basic skill that can be used for that can be used to improve the lives of many people it's also not a not a skill that requires or not something that requires many different um many different resources or many different like like different much equipment it just takes one computer all you need is just your computer and you can do anything that you would like to you can. Final. Let me ask this final question. Sorry to interrupt you there, Ezra. You spoke last year at the United Nations Data Forum, as well as attending the Tech Playmaker Awards in London with Code for CT's founder, Emma Dix. Tell us about the experience as a young South African who goes out into the world. What are the nature of the conversations that you are engaging? For instance, the speech at the United Nations Data Forum. What are people wanting to hear as stories coming from South Africa that should be for us as South Africans, the kind of feel-good story we want to hear? Sorry, could you just repeat that question again, please? You've gone overseas, United Nations Data Forum. You've gone to the Tech Playmakers Awards in London. You represent of many hats that you would wear there. You are a South African at heart. And when people speak to you, what are they inquiring about? Of course, in the world of technology, what are some of the things that you are only too proud to mention to them of and about South Africa and her development in the tech space? Um, there's so many different things that... um. I'm I'm so proud to be as part of a like part of a South, a part of a South African. Um, so last year I went with Emma Dix to the Woman in Tech, um, you know, the Woman in Tech um, Awards, and it was so nice to be. It was so amazing to be able to represent South Africa at such at the national awards that is, that was held in London. Um, there's many different opportunities in South Africa. There's so many different. Um, organizations in South Africa, such as Codespace, that are encouraging learners to learn how to code, to take it to the next level. Um, for example, when we were at the United Nations, for, when we spoke at the United Nations Forum, there was a lady that was from Nigeria, I think, and she wanted us to come all the way to Nigeria just to help learners there, to teach them the little, like the little knowledge that we had at that stage, because she said there's not much that is happening in other African countries for to take this skill to another level. So I'm very proud that as South Africa, we are really trying to actually teach our teach our youngsters, teach our youth how to code so that they can use the skill. Because there's a very important thing that I think um, coding does or technology does. It's because um, um, many people think that to be able to be successful, you have to have a varsity degree. But technology, or especially and especially coding, many people in the software development industry don't particularly have an actual varsity degree. They just they, but because they know how to code, they can make it. They can make it really far in life. So that's something that I really, that I really believe in. That coding, no matter what, where you come from, or where you can go anywhere in life. 
So it's really amazing that South Africa, even our government, is trying to implement coding at schools because I've been part of um, as part of code space. We've been we went to a few schools and they have like um, robotics and coding classes that are actually part of their curriculum. So I think as a South African, I am really proud that our government is actually or an organization in South Africa really trying to benefit and improve learners from from a young age. Excellent. Ms. Ezra Valley, let's leave it there with you. Thank you so much then for joining us. Codespace Academy graduate and also a third year mechatronics engineering student at UCT. Thank you so much for your time. Let me continue then with you, Tom, as we look to wrap up this particular segment. The 10th to the 12th of November is the virtual event uh, that we are ultimately talking about, the Virtual Africa Conference. The importance of that, especially at this time in reimagining the world. Yesterday, we had a speaker talking to us about how the world of work has changed. But that's not the only change that COVID has forced us now to consider. And technology in all these changes will be a key driver. And all of those key drivers will be looked at in depth at this virtual event taking place to between the 10th and the 12th of November 2020. Give us some insights in terms of the kinds of conversations, therefore, that will be taking place or that you hope to hear some of your presenters coming through with. Yes, yeah, so quite right. The, the world has changed forever. I think COVID has, has pressed reset on, on a lot of the things that were happening globally, a lot of the forces in the digital space it has actually accelerated the need for transformation. So it's exciting. And I think what we'll hope to see is more tech investment as people realize the the impact that it's going to make. So in terms of Africa Tech Festival, of course, the response to COVID is an absolutely key theme. That's something we're going to look at very closely. And this idea of um, building resilience into economies and an investment in tech is a very good way of doing that. You mentioned that the, the future of work will change, and, and that's absolutely right. I think that business has been truly disrupted by this this pandemic. Um, and what that has created is a, a serious need for digital skills, which is why it's brilliant to hear Absolute story very inspirational and absolutely spot on. I think digital skills are critical, particularly for South Africa, to take its place, its rightful place at the forefront of the fourth industrial revolution. Um, the workforce needs to be reskilled. You need to look at what the workforce of the future looks like and, and work backwards and, and design it accordingly. And that applies to education systems, to um, services like Codespace provide. So I think digital skills would be a very, a very key topic. We'll also be looking at some of the big emerging tech trends um, globally with with applicability in Africa. So I mentioned 5G already. That's something that's very topical. Artificial intelligence and its impact on business is another one. We'll be looking at financial inclusion. This is a very key area where tech can make an immediate impact. um, And blockchain is part of that discussion too. And of course, the, the digital infrastructure topics that I mentioned earlier, I think we'll be looking at what we call, as I said, connecting the next billion people. How do we get more people online and able to participate in Africa's digital economy? So they're the big themes that we're looking at. And I think broadly, you look at what governments can do, what the public sector can do. Um, and the, the focus of, I guess, is the, the end result is the impact that it has on, on people, on their lives, on businesses, and then on economies on a global scale. And so for us, it's, it comes back to this original point. And the idea is that COVID has paused everything. And what everybody looks at now is 
rebuilding and the idea is to rebuild in a better, in a more inclusive way. And that applies to the digital world just as much as it does apply to the physical one. I would imagine when you say the next billion, you are imagining something that is completely unimaginable for the majority of the people. Right now, where we are, very few people could have foreseen some 30 years ago in 1990, for instance, when technology upsurge was about to take over. Now we are in a world completely different, and you say it will never be the same. And it will never be the same because, among other things, you want to connect to the next billion people. What might be the great wins when the world is more integrated through technology? What might this mean for the lived experience of ordinary people? Final question. Yeah, and it's a very good question, I think, because ultimately that's what this all comes down to. I'd say an, an immediate one is job creation. I think that that's a challenge that's going to face every economy globally now. And I think tech investment and digital transformation will create more jobs. And often there's a, a narrative it's kind of positioned as, you know, uh, robots are taking jobs and so on. And the reality is that it, it doesn't really work like that. And actually, for all of this progress that's made on the digital side of things, new jobs are created for developers, for data scientists, for expertise in, in deep tech and AI. So I think that that creation of jobs is, is key. Another one in terms of the, the kind of impact on the normal person, I think it, it comes to connectivity to, to other people, to knowledge, to opportunities. This comes into the, the idea of building a more inclusive digital world. And I think, um, um, as Azra was saying, the, the kind of ideas that traditional educations and, and access to knowing the right people and, and you know having the right upbringing will create opportunities for you. It doesn't apply so much in the world of tech. It's a social leveler. Um, and the more people that we can connect, the more access to knowledge, mm -hmm. access to education, access to jobs they get. I think that that will be a really significant impact. And again, even more so in a, in a post-COVID world. Thank you then so much for your thoughts. Tom Cuthel, the AFRICOM's Director for Africa Operations. Thoroughly appreciate your thoughts that it is indeed very important. The access of knowledge, the access of education and the access of jobs will most certainly create a far more better world than quite imaginable for the majority of the people. Your thoughts, your time. Thank you so much.